Tom joins us this morning. Tom Mutton, Jerry, how are you? Hi, guys. Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. We're doing excellent. Uh, your team uh, winning on the road yesterday, and a part of that was this. Uh, what do you call it? The thing you do to James, the, the, the pass you do to James White, that touch pass, what do you guys call that, and where did that come from? Because now the entire league is doing they it. They call it that like, the quarterback's favorite play. Well, he gets a credit for a touchdown pass for that. That's Correct. what I'm talking about here. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, kind of a lot of teams are doing that. Um, and it's just, I think, different ways to, you know, take advantage of, of uh, you know, some soft edges. And, you know, really, we do so much where we bring James back into the backfield. And sometimes it looks like that, and he does set. And then other times, you know, he can keep running across, and the ball snapped, and I pitched to him. So he made a great run. I thought Dwayne Allen did a great job on that play, kind of deep in the defensive end and then getting out to his block and end up being an easy touchdown. What, what is it called? That's a good question from Mutt. What do we call that? It's just a like a halfback pitch. Now, if they told you, if they told you to hand it to him, would you still flip it in the air just a little bit to make sure you get the, the... <laughs> Well the interesting thing is if he you know, if you throw it and for some reason the ball hand is messed up and it drops, it ends up being an incomplete. Incompletion, that's right. So the ball handling in some ways it might be a little safer pitching it because if anything gets screwed up, it ends up being uh, just kinda you get back to the line of scrimmage but with, like, the, with the incompletion. Most teams have the shovel pass you know, to the running back, you're more up the middle, not around the end. You don't, do you, I assume you have it, but you don't use it a whole lot. It's another yeah, easy touchdown for the QB. I know. We haven't used, um, you know, shovel pass in a while, but we have it. I mean, that's in our, our playbook, too. I just think, you know, you're always trying to find ways to create, you know, a little softness in the defense. And if you can take, a obviously, a very low-risk play, you know, for a potential you know, big reward. I think it's always worth it in football to do that. And you're always gauging risk reward. And, um, you know, a play like that ended up being a big play. And it's tough to stop, especially when you get fast guys who got, you know, are very good with the ball in their hands. A lot of teams do it. I mean, basically every team does it now. Right. Um, you can give it to running backs. You can give it to receivers, guys who are good with the ball in their hands, whether it's a reverse, you know, a speed sweep, which we do a lot from under center, um, but that little halfback pitch play. Um, you know, there's a lot of different varieties you can run. It just, in the end, you're trying to keep teams off balance. You mentioned James White. You move him around quite a bit in the backfield, and it seems like from the couch, watching at home, when you get him matched up with a linebacker, Tom, there is not a more salivating matchup for you as a quarterback. Do you know when you're running the setting the play up and he's in motion when you're going to get him on a linebacker and get that mismatch like you had for the touchdown? Yeah, definitely. And that one for the touchdown. Um, on Floyd was just a great play by James. You know, the guy was trying to protect his outside leverage, and James really made a good hard move inside to get him to overcommit and then kind of broke out, and there was nobody out there. So it was really great protection. It takes sometimes a little bit of time for those plays to develop, and I thought the line just played so great yesterday, and their ability to keep the pocket clean allowed me to really see downfield and try to pick out the open guys, and that's what we needed. A lot of teams are taken i would say very conservative approaches um to defending us this year and they're putting a lot of guys in coverage you know not blitzing much at all not playing much man coverage at all and we got to be able to take advantage uh when we when we you know get a more aggressive style of play is that an, a classic example of an option route did he have the choice to go inside the the first white touchdown 
Um, on that one, he did have an option. So that was ended up being a really good play. And there's different times where, um, you know, he has to break another way, you know, like he has to break in or he has to break out. But I think the whole key to those plays is, obviously the defender doesn't know he has an option. Right. You know, only James knows. And there's times where James has to break out or has to break in. But I think he does such a great job of setting both of those things up where, you know, he makes, even when he knows he has to break in, he makes it seem like he's going to break out. And that's just his incredible ability as, you know, as, as just in his role and what he does. He's just, I mean, I know I talk about James White a lot, but, I mean, you just couldn't ask for a better player, a better teammate, someone who's as dependable and consistent as he's been for as long as he's been here. It's just been an incredible thing for me to watch. Well, we were talking earlier. As a teammate, we talked earlier, Tom. We saw him drop a ball yesterday, and we couldn't remember. I'm sure there's been others, but I couldn't remember the last drop. I know it's 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 hard to remember. It's hard to remember. He's got incredible hands. His run after catch, and then you know with Sony going down yesterday, you know he assumes just a normal tailback position, you know on first and second down, and runs. You know he's in there in four minute offense, running the clock out. And you know, making great runs and great decisions, and he's just—it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's an incredible job he has done, and he's doing, and he's really invaluable to our team. Well, he got thrown into it when Sony Michelle got hurt. Uh, it sounded like the team maybe found out late about Rob Gronkowski. Tom, we I guess it reported Saturday night, officially out Sunday morning. How does that work late in the week when you're expecting to have a player and he doesn't go? And how did you guys? When did you guys find out you wouldn't have Gronk on Sunday? Uh, Sunday morning, you know, that's what, that was the, when the decision was made. Um, you know, we're just trying to roll with it. And, you know, he's, there's been games where he, where he hasn't been out there, but, you know, when he's out there, he's just, you know, he's the best in the league. So, you know, anytime you lose him, it's not ideal, but I thought Dwayne came in and, you know, without practicing kind of the multitude of plays that he was in on, he went the distance for us and Jake Hollister's out. So, it was a one-man show at tight end, and Dwayne really came through for us and delivered. And we have a lot of confidence in Dwayne and what his abilities are, both in the run game and the pass game. And he didn't get as many opportunities in the pass game yesterday, but you know he's just he's doing a great job for us in his role too. You don't want to give the ball to James White. What was it, eleven times, a number of times between the tackles? You don't want that, though, do you? Well, it, he's so you know, valuable as a pass catcher. I know, I know, and he's got that, that's really role's been ingrained, you know, for him, And but we're in a situation where I don't think there's much choice. I think it's just, you know, we've had so many running backs get injured, and, uh, you know, it's it's been really unfortunate at that position because, you know, we had so many guys in training camp, and then just the attrition of the season, you know, really set in, and, you know, we're really low on running backs right now. You know, uh, I know you don't get to see a lot of the opposing quarterback. We ask you about them every week because it seems like there's some young guy, some up-and-coming guy going against you. Yesterday, Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky had a really interesting game. He had a couple of great runs. I mean, like Vic-like runs. He is fast. Yeah. You know, he's elusive. He scored a touchdown. He just looked great running the ball, but he was really inaccurate throwing the ball. Yep. He missed a number of receivers, open receivers. It could have been a different game if he was just reasonably accurate. And I always wonder, what if you were were fast? What if you were, if you could run? 
Would you be better, or would you not? Would not not? <laughs> hmm? um, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. It's I would love the luxury of doing that and having the ability to to escape and run away from the D line because it's a great asset to have, and it's hard for the defense to stop those broken plays. And you know, a lot of the quarterbacks have that. I think. You know, in, in some ways, not having that ability makes me focus more on my reads and my accuracy and my throwing mechanics and, you know, getting the ball out quick and um, developing other aspects of my game, like my mental game and trying to, you know, really, I, I always say nothing good happens when I have the ball. So the reality is, is making quick decisions and getting the ball, getting the ball in the hands of our playmakers is really important to me. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I wish I ran a 4.8, but if I ran a 4.8, I probably wouldn't have been picked in the sixth round either. So. <laughs> well, I mean, you'd say the uh, same thing about you know Peyton Manning or, or Dan Marino. Uh, if they could, oh, Breeze is pretty quick. But in, and when you think about it, like Mitch Trubisky, I'm going to guess in high school, whenever there was a breakdown, he ran, and he probably ran great. And same in college. Yeah. But you never did that, right? Even when you were in high school, you didn't play breaks down. You didn't tuck and run at all, did you? No, I never had that ability, and I just think when you look at, um, you know, when you have that skill set, that becomes a real a weapon for you, you know, running. And those are things, you know, probably a lot of coaches say, look, if you're in doubt, just take it and run because they know you're going to make yards, and you really develop that skill set. And I think it's a great skill set to have. Um, I think, you know, in pro football, the difference is, you know, you, you really have to um, – it's really about great decision-making when you're doing that because it's very easy to get hurt outside the pocket. You know, when you start running and guys are, you know, coming at you and hitting you and they could treat you like a running back, you know, it's a lot more games than high school. It's a lot more games than college. Um, you know, so you just have to be able to protect yourself. And certain quarterbacks, I think, find a balance. I think, you know, you see guys like Cam Newton, but his, you know, he really is an incredible physical specimen in a way to be able to do that i think if you have a lesser frame than that you know you're really susceptible to injury and if you're injured then i think it really hurts your ability for your team to win um you know because there's only typically two quarterbacks on a roster now these days so i think being available and durable is really important but i mean i certainly wish i could run faster than i do um you know, and watching Mitch run around yesterday, he made some really great plays, and that's, like I said, those those things are hard to stop. Uh, and when he, when he when he cut back and scored, oh no, he didn't score. He cut back and went to Got the to one, the or one two. yeah. I thought of Garoppolo though. I said quarterbacks should never ever cut back into the playing field. They should, you know, the sideline is there. Use it. Get out. Yeah, because I, I feel that you know I kind of feel that way too. Um, it only takes one hit. Right. And sometimes you might get away with it 10 times in a row and time you're out for the year. And I think that's, that's a danger in pro football because, you know, you don't have the supreme athletic ability, you know, that you did compared to the guys you played in high school or college. I think now when you get to the pros, you're playing against the best athletes that play in the sport of football, you know, through high school and through college. And when you get to the pros, it's just there's the the things happen so quickly, and you know, it, um, you know, again, it's there's it's risk reward, and I think if it's fourth down and the game's on the line, you got to do what you got to do. 
But a lot of it's, you know, just great decision-making. And decision-making to me comes not only from throwing the ball, but also from, you know, making good decisions when you have the ball, knowing when to get out of bounds and knowing when that one yard really matters. Well, you decision-making, walk us through, uh, ironically, the fourth down play to Josh Gordon. Is that something you look at, you saw him matched up one-on-one, Tom, and knew I got an opportunity and we have an opportunity to beat this guy on the outside? Because that was a huge play uh, by a guy who's only been here for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that was a great play, and I just gave him a chance to go get it. And I think our confidence is growing and growing and growing, you know, through these days in practice and then as well as the games we're playing together. Um you know, I'm just excited to see where we're going. And, you know, we're doing some things better, and I think, you know, we can still do a lot of things to improve um, in the entire passing game. And, you know, that's, that's what we're going to have to do as the season goes. We're still very early in the year, in my belief. You know, it's seven games in. We've got our biggest football ahead of us. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to see us have a great week of practice and then go to Buffalo and, you know, try to keep building on what we've done last month. You know, you're uh, on the road on Monday night, and we're guessing you're like a two-touchdown favorite, which uh, normally you'd say that could be a trap game, and I could take them lightly, but it never seems to happen with you guys that you get trapped in trap games. Is there a specific reason? Is there something you put your finger on? Is it just, you know, Belichick drilling it into your heads that uh, you can't take anyone lightly? Why don't you ever, you know, stumble in these situations, or rarely? I just don't think that we, you know, buy into the hype of, you know, winning, you know, a game or two games or three games. I mean, I think we look at the film yesterday and we realize, like, that's not – even though we won, you know, it's not – you know, we're not playing perfect football. And I think the the ability for us to get that on the practice field and work on the things that we're not doing consistent enough, you know, keeps you hungry and keeps you focused. And I want us to – you know, I feel like the last four weeks, I mean, even though we scored a lot of points, we've had the ability to put, I'd say, 50 points in each one of those games. And, you know, we haven't done that yet. And I think if we play a great four quarters of football without turning the ball over and just doing our job and making the throws that are there, making the plays that are there, I think there's a lot more, you know, in terms of points on the scoreboard than what, what there's been. So, we can do a lot better job, and I know we're going to get back on the practice field. And, you know, I'm excited to get back out there and get back to work and, um, you know, build on, like I said, the last month and the passing game, continuing to improve and trying to put a lot more points on the board than what we had this year. Uh, let's get the QB question of the week. Your teammate Julian Edelman says he hates the L.A. Dodgers, Tom. Do you hate the Dodgers we get set for Red Sox-Dodgers World Series? I do. I, You know, I was a Giants fan growing up, and now I'm a Red Sox fan, so... I mean, it couldn't set up any better for the Red Sox uh, to win the World Series, and I think they're going to do it. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's it's uh, it's been a while since they've been in the World Series, but everyone's paying attention. Everyone's following them. They had an incredible season, and we're all cheering them on. It's going to be pretty sweet. Who, who's a Dodger that you guys hated, you or Edelman, when you were kids? There was a lot of them. Oh my God. Um, I mean Fernando Valenzuela. Yeah, he was he was the one for when I was young that you know we all we didn't like. He was he was so great. And he used to beat the Giants all the time, but um, there was a lot there was a lot of them. It was just that that Giants Dodgers rivalry that was always pretty great. Steve Garvey, are you too young for to hate Steve Garvey? Yeah, he was a Padre too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a great player. I mean, I I I loved baseball growing up. Kirk Gibson. Um, 
That's a good you know, Oral Hershiser, right? Or, you know, Oral Hershiser, yes. He was a great annoying. Dodger. So they've had some great teams, and uh, they went out and spent all the money to, to get a lot of good players, and they're showing that they can do it. So, um, you know, the Red Sox have done the same. Tom, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Okay, thanks a lot, guys.